What is up, everybody? We are back again with Row 7 Podcast. I have some special guests back again, back in the house. Obviously, I got my brother along my side and my other brothers from another mother, Joey and Tones. How are we doing tonight, boys? Joey, you don't want to talk? Okay, I'll start. Well, I'm doing fantastic. We just went golfing. I beat him in golf, so I guess I'll beat him to start the conversation as well. Um, you know, the little brothers finally started to take over. Felt good. But no, Alex, thanks for having me. Thanks for waiting a little bit for me, and I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk about some sports that are back up and coming again. Hey, listen, listen, listen. As the older brother here, I was just trying to be nice, give you a word. As Stephen A. Smith would say, that is preposterous. That is erroneous. Come on, give me a second. But uh, thanks again, Alex, for having us on. It's going to be a great discussion. Um, I love talking sports with all of you, from the brothers to the other brothers from a different mother. Love you guys, and let's have some fun tonight. Absolutely. So with that being said, uh, the talk of the town, all these NFL contracts, boys, Obviously, Mahomes at the top. My brother and I talked about it last week, but give me your perspective on uh, Mahomes cashing in, taking taking several bags of cash to the bank. What are your thoughts? Well, it'll be interesting. I mean, I listened to your guys' episode last week, so I want to hear your guys' opinion and see if it changed at all in a week to, you know, get calmed down about that big of a contract. But, I mean, I think if any quarterback does deserve it, it is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this guy makes historic throws on every quarter, every play just about. But I don't think anyone deserves that much money. It's a little filthy, honestly, that someone is making that much money in in the NFL. But he's going to set a trend. I mean, now Dak Prescott's denying over $100 million from the Cowboys over multi-year span. So Prescott's deal would have been in the upper $30 million range. Now uh, the Mahomes deal has a guy like Prescott denying that. So as we see – a QB sets the market and other QBs tend to follow. So Mahomes definitely set this market. We'll have Lamar Jackson coming up in a few years. We'll see how big his contract is. Um, it's going to be ridiculous. All these quarterback contracts are going to inflate. I think it's over the end of the 25 million Tom Brady, 25 million Phillip Rivers, 25 million Drew Brees. I mean, those guys are considered bargain bin deals compared to some of these younger guys. And honestly, I would have to actually agree with my brother on this one. Do I think anybody should probably get that type of money? Probably not. But let's be honest, Patrick Mahomes is the best in the planet. I was listening to the radio the other day, and they brought up how could Patrick Mahomes uh, do what Tom Brady and the Patriots did. And at first, I'm like, oh, nobody can do it. But if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. This year, they're returning 22 out of 22 starters. Um, already on paper, I like what's going into this year. Um, I'm not saying relax over there, buck time. I'm not saying they're going to be the legacy. But if anyone has a chance to do it, if anyone should deserve this money, to me, I agree with Tones, Patrick Mahomes. He fits that mold. Yeah, just, just as a last note, I mean, you'd think Patrick Mahomes, whether he played baseball or football, the guy's a freak athlete. He would have gotten the money. He would have gotten what he deserves, regardless what uniform he put on week in and week out. But um, – we're noteworthy mentioning the Chiefs also signed their defensive lineman to another fat deal. So, I mean, good Chandler for Chandler Jones or, yeah, Jones or whatever. Chris Jones. Yeah. Chris Jones, I'm sorry. 
congratulations to him. I'm very happy for him and all his family. But you have to wonder, man, like where the hell are the Chiefs pulling this money from? Is is George Steinbrenner sitting in their back office or what the hell is going on? I don't really know. But, hey, I mean, we, we will be talking about the Chiefs for many, many years to come. That's for sure. And to go on top of that, before Alex gets his words in, they paid uh, Sammy Watkins this offseason too. So I don't know where this money keeps coming from, but usually when a team wins a Super Bowl, they can't afford to keep everybody. You would think, but, you know, it just keeps coming out their ass, I guess. Yeah, uh, I'm, I will attest to it as well too. I'm a firm believer in paying Mahomes. I mean, he's definitely worth it. His athletic ability is freakish to say the least. Obviously, he's taken them to the Super Bowl. They've won that Super Bowl. Who knows what will happen in the years to come? But I have to play a little bit devil's advocate. Will the Chiefs regret this? I personally think that they might. Obviously, we've seen other teams who've uh, signed players to long-term deals. And towards the middle, maybe the towards the end of that deal, it's kind of gotten a little sour. Maybe guys have gotten hurt. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for paying Mahomes. But I got to think that at a certain point – he gets hit a lot out there and I know he's very elusive, but at a certain point, uh, I, I think maybe the chiefs might be eating a little crow at a certain point. Just, just my thought. And I, cause I had to throw it out there. No. And I, and I do, it's kind of funny you say that cause I, sometimes I jump from one side of that to the other. So uh, week five, actually last year against my team in Indianapolis, uh, we went into Kansas city and won. The reason was fully because we hit Patrick Mahomes and that's actually when his ankle became throbbing and he went week to week for a while and stuff. So part of me does want to agree with you because I, I do agree injury is always a factor. When you have the escapability and mobility of Patrick Mahomes, the risk of big guys hitting you is always, I mean, going to be high, of course. The only from the opposite side of the fence that you're talking about as well, playing devil's advocate, when you're that talented, when you're that good, I obviously injury is risk, but it is with everybody at the end of the day. And I just don't see anybody being as good as he is. Like, I can't even think of a guy from the past. Like people bring up Brett Favre, people bring up, you know, Donovan McNabb, but Patrick Mahomes has everything better than everyone I've ever seen, at least in my life. Well, here's another tidbit of the deal that a lot of people are overlooking. And I agree with both of you on this front, but when Patrick Mahomes signed the deal, only $63 million are fully guaranteed in this deal. So you think about it like this, that Patrick Mahomes is only guaranteed to be a Kansas City Chief through his rookie contract. And that sounds ridiculous. That sounds crazy and obnoxious. But if Patrick Mahomes suffers tragic injuries and in a couple years he rots away like an RG3, the Chiefs are out of his contract. They only have to pay him $63 million. And I say only, that's a lot of money, but $63 million is all that's guaranteed here. So in theory, Patrick Mahomes still had a couple years left on his rookie deal, two years to be exact. And um, yeah, if they really wanted to go that route, which they never will, but for whatever unforeseen reason may arise, it's technically only a $63 million deal. And, and just to piggyback off that. Yeah, you're right. It is chump change, but to us, shit, that's a retirement for all four of us right now. But in in terms of Mahomes' sake, I mean, you got to kind of put it like this. Uh, the Chiefs gambled on him, and for more, moreover, he gambled on himself to be healthy and successful throughout these next 10 years. As you mentioned, Tones, he had two more years of a rookie deal. He could have wrote it out and potentially secured even more of a bag. But, I mean, at the end of the day, 
he's really gambling on himself to be able to stay healthy and be competitive throughout those 10 years. And I mean, only time will tell, but you, you only want to hope for the best in these situations. Tones, tones to back up your point on how they're extending, giving all these guys extensions at a certain point, they're going to hit a wall and they're going to really have to start relying on the draft because there's going to be no money available to sign, you know, let's just say Tyreek, uh, or anybody else that they have, you know, potentially an offense or defense. So they're going to get draft heavy really, really soon. And it, it'll just only time will tell on how this unfolds for them. Yeah. And they drafted a first round uh, running back this year. And we know running back lifespans don't last long either. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting in Kansas City, as Alex said, in three to five years, they're going to hit a wall and they're going to have a choice on who to keep, who not to keep, and uh, what their team looks like in a couple of years. Andy Reid isn't young either, so they're going to have to pay a new coach. Maybe Eric Bieniemy takes over their offensive coordinator, a highly coveted offensive coordinator. One of the uh, most shocking how he doesn't have a job, but if Eric Bieniemy one day becomes the great minority coach he can be, he's going to earn a great payday that he deserves, and the Chiefs are going to have to pay more people. I mean, it's not going to end. Speaking of running backs, because I want to I want to flex a little bit here. He signed it, I think, a couple of days ago. Derrick Henry. I mean, what he did last year and how he ran through people and what he did in the playoffs. And I'll never forget that stiff arm that he hit Earl Thomas with. And he had him spinning all, all sort, different sorts of ways. Uh, five years, 100 mil. Is he worth it? Well, yeah, I think he's stiff-armed Earl Thomas into bed with his brother with all those ladies. That story was pretty wild himself. But um, <laughs> other than that, Derrick Henry is really deserving of that contract. I think the only weird thing about his contract is that it came after Ryan Tannehill's did. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is kind of a joke before this year with the Titans. He wasn't really anything great. He came into a great running game, one of the best in the NFL, and a great defense. So Ryan Tannehill got lucky, and he's the one who got paid before Derrick Henry. Yes, it's a ton of money for running back. Alex pointed out it's, you know, a, a lot of money for running back. But at the same time, I am very happy. I tweeted yesterday when it became official or two days ago. I, I'm losing track of days. I'm so happy he got paid. Running backs deserve this. It's great that they're finally getting their fair share. And let's hope that Derrick Henry could keep running. Uh, I mean, I, I chair for the Colts out of that division. So slow down a little bit, Derrick. But I'm rooting for you, uh, just not your team. And and thank you for that, Tom, but I appreciate that. But let's make no mistake about it, as you both mentioned. Derrick Henry is the real deal. That guy, I mean, speaking of the Colts, I watch obviously other games. That man last year, I thought he was stopped at the 10-yard line. He puts his arm out, boom, two players fly off. He's in the end zone next thing you know. The dude is worth every penny of the contract. Unfortunately, as Tones mentioned, let's be honest, the NFL is a quarterback-driven league. We talked about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, somebody mentioned Lamar Jackson. Somebody mentioned, in my opinion, the selfish Dak Prescott. This is a quarterback-driven league. It is dependent on quarterbacks. So when Ryan Tannehill got paid, a lot of people are saying, well, what about the guy that got you there? What about the guy that pounds the rock, hits the middle? Because let's be honest, we all forget it quickly because of how fast they came back. They were up on the Chiefs early in that game, and it was because of Derrick Henry. Now, Patrick Mahomes especially, he did his thing. But the dude, Derrick Henry, deserves every dollar. God bless him. He deserves it. Yeah, I mean, he, he is just a monster in and of his own right. And thankfully, he got paid. Unfortunately, it didn't come before Ryan Tannehill. I mean, how do you, how do you look at your list of priorities and you look at Ryan Tannehill and say, yeah, 
I need to make sure that guy gets his check before this freak of an athlete who's twice the size of any other human being on my team under 300 pounds. It's, it's, it's absurd, but thankfully he got what he deserves, as we've all mentioned, because, I mean, God only knows, that man on a mission to prove everybody wrong, man, that would be very ugly, and I, I would hate to be anybody who has to get in his way. That's a fact. Yeah, no, he, he definitely deserves that money. And and I agree. It's been said time and time again, paying running backs is a little bit risky, but with a guy of his stature and what he's done in the past, you, you got to give him what he's worth. So I'm all for uh, riding the, the Derrick Henry train here and saying, uh, you know, do what you need to do in, in Tennessee. Obviously, I know uh, there's some in this in – this, uh, Instagram, not Instagram, sorry, podcast that we're doing right here who are Colts fans. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll tame it down just, just a tad bit. Uh, but you've brought them up already a couple times. Speaking of quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, first and foremost, before we get into this contract talk, is he elite? Is he in that category? Does he deserve that massive amount of money? Yes. Yes, he does. Because Matthew Stafford at one point in time was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. If Matthew Stafford is the highest paid quarterback in the league for a good chunk of time, why can't Dak Prescott be top three, top five? It's preposterous to say that Dak Prescott, the man who came in as a rookie quarterback and threw four interceptions, overthrowing a Hall of Fame quarterback in Tony Romo into the starting quarterback position, propelled the Cowboys into the playoffs and you know they were a couple big plays away from doing more damage than they could have done in previous seasons but Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback he's still very young he was only drafted in the 2016 draft so let's be honest here why would you not give Dak Prescott the money who was Dallas going to draft that makes your team better than Dak Prescott? Who was Dallas going to sign in free agency that makes your team better than Dak Prescott? Where does that money go other than Dak Prescott that improves the Cowboys? Nobody could give a logical answer of a quarterback who you would rather pay right now at Dak Prescott's age coming into just only his fifth NFL season. What quarterback about to – Jared Goff got a big payday. Why can't Dak Prescott? Okay, to, to that point – is he stupid for turning down a hundred mil? Yeah, he, he, he is. He made a mistake, but um, as Christian said, Mahomes bet on himself. So I think this is a case of Dak trying to bet on himself. And as we've seen where Kirk Cousins before it worked out. So Kirk Cousins got the franchise tag once and many thought he'd be signed in Washington. And then he got the franchise tag again. And then he said, peace to this organization. And it ended up getting uh, like 80, 90 million guaranteed in Minnesota. So if I'm Dak Prescott, I might do the same thing. I might take the franchise tag. And if Dallas elects to franchise tag Dak Prescott next year, he makes $38.5 million next year. So Dak Prescott's sitting pretty. Either way, it's pretty much a two-year, $78 million contract for him if you look at it like that. So he's going to get his money no matter what. It just depends if it comes to Dallas. Now, now this one, this one is passionate to me because I am a, I'm a big Dak Prescott fan. And where I do agree with Tones, he should have took the $100 million. But where I do disagree with the man, as we always do a lot of times, he is a really good quarterback, but as Tones mentioned with Matthew Stafford, these guys are getting paid not because they're elite, 
they're getting paid because they are quarterbacks and they are scared to see what is behind them in the draft because nothing is guaranteed. Dak Prescott is a really good quarterback, but what do all good quarterbacks complain about this day and age is the weapons they have. He has. They paid the man Ezekiel Elliott. They paid the man Amari Cooper. They have a pretty good offensive line. They have a pretty good defense led by that front four. And yet, he turns down a hundred million, and I know he could take the franchise tag year after year. But to me, they have the weapons. They are not offering him pennies. They are offering him a hundred million dollars. That is no chump change. You could be fine off of that. In my opinion, Dak, you're a good quarterback. You haven't proven you're great yet. Let's get with your guys who are signed up. Let's sign up with them. Let's run they, this thing. They put a Murray Cooper run. over him. They prioritized a guy who was barely in town over him. Come on, $100 man. $100 million. Dollars. They, they prioritized the wrong guy in Dallas. They prioritized I, the wrong guy in Dallas. It's disgusting. I just think, though, if you're Jerry Jones, as you mentioned, Jones, how, what other way – what other surest method can you assure victory? Can you assure yourself a pathway to the Super Bowl other than Dak Prescott? We've seen him throw for an egregious amount of yards. We've seen him perform under pressure. I mean, you've got all the pieces to the puzzle. I mean, didn't they just sign uh, Jerry Judy? Jerry Judy, was isn't that their draft pick? Am yeah. I wrong? No, no uh, they got C.D. Lamb, I'm pretty sure. But yeah. that that's a big one. Either way, I mean, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I mean, but C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Zeke, I mean, they have plenty of weapons. Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup, another stud last year who performed very well mm-hmm. under pressure when Amari Cooper was very much so out of the sunlight. So I think I think Jerry Jones, you give the man what he's asking for because, as you mentioned, your quarterbacks just don't come out of the woodworks. The chances of the Cowboys falling low enough to draft the Trevor Lawrence alike, I just don't see that happening. I, I don't give Jerry – give – Jerry, listen to me. Listen. Pay Dak, okay? Pay him. They are trying to pay the man. That is a lot of money. $100 million is no chump change. 100% agree. How can you turn down $100 million? Why are we acting like this is pennies for a non-Super Bowl quarterback? Players don't forget. And what did they do? They messed with Dak Prescott, and now they get his hands. Okay? It's that simple. You mess with the man, you're going to get messed with back. I'm not saying I completely agree with what he's doing, but for him, he's going to get paid a hell of a lot more by doing this than what he would have if he didn't. And you look at Mahomes and how he just got paid ridiculously. It's like, you're telling me I can't get paid on a similar level to this guy? Like Right. If the, cow- if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl this year, everyone's going to look at uh, Dak Prescott and be like, that man made the right decision. Absolutely. Uh, another, another guy that's on that list who just made uh, news in, in recent past, Miles Garrett. I don't have anything to add on this because I, I've never been a believer in the Browns. I know that they're full of stud players, uh, but they're fool's goal as far as I'm concerned. So any, any thoughts on Miles Garrett? And let me just get the numbers right here really quick. I think I, I pulled it up. Um, five years, I think 100 or $125 million deal outrageous or not it's a little crazy it's a little wicked especially because uh you know miles garrett he he is a young player he's a good player but for a defensive end who has had a little bit of a troubled on the field history i mean whether it was him or mason rudolph who provoked that do we even know i know miles garrett is gonna play this upcoming season but 
at one point in time, he was supposed to be out a good amount this season. So I, I, I think it's the right move in terms of his on-the-field play because he is a very good player when he plays. But his decision-making isn't quite the best, so that's where I'm questioning it. And, Alex, I mean, you're right. Cleveland does Cleveland things. So let's see if this falls in line with another one of those Cleveland things. Let's see if he falls out of the sunlight a little bit. I do like Miles Garrett as a player, but I think they – jumped the trigger a little early i would have let this year played out and seen what happened don't get me wrong he's a ridiculously talented athlete uh but i I just can't i cannot get behind this whole thing that cleveland is doing trying to you know obviously add odell who already apparently wants out maybe he still wants to stay maybe he wants out again who knows where that's at but and then you got baker mayfield who is in another world we won't we won't we won't go down that path tonight um but yeah the browns are yeah gonna do browns things and you know, I, I mean, they're tight end. They're starting tight end from. I know they got Austin Hooper now this year, but David Njoku wants a trade. I mean, a, a good tight end wants out of Cleveland. I wonder why, because maybe they're not the best brand. I don't know. That's interesting. You know, you know, though, I'm going to have to, once again, I'm going to have to disagree with the fellas here. Um, I do know the Cleveland trap. Believe me, last year I was there. Now, due to the support of a Baker Mayfield tattoo, I have for better or for worse, I believe in Cleveland this year. They added two veteran offensive ah! they added two veteran offensive linemen this year. That was a big part of their problem. They have one of the best running games in the business. They do have talented receivers. Now mentally different spot. We want to talk about Miles Garrett, how we brought up. Before he got suspended last year, he played 10 games. He had 10 sacks. Easy math for me. One sack a game. He is worth the money. If this team can stay mentally under the radar, which Keep in mind, they had Freddie Kitchens last year. I want to bring in a little Bulls thing right here. That's a clown move. That's like having Jim Boylan as your coach. It's just a clown move. You need somebody to lead the helm. I think Steven uh, Spansky will do a great job there. They are talented. I know they have a lot of clownish attitudes, but if, that's a big if, they can pull it together, I believe in Miles Garrett and the Cleveland Browns. I, I think just as a last note and as a Bears fan, it's really hard to critique the Browns for doing what they did because we all know the Bears gave a shitload of money to Khalil Mack. However you feel about Khalil Mack, he is a competitive player. He's a dominant player. Granted, he's not smacking people over the head with his helmet. That's a whole other topic of conversation. But the Bears did give him a lot of secured money. Uh, I believe it was like $90 million or $60 million guaranteed money. And Garrett is getting roughly a few more million a year over Mack, and he's getting $100 million guaranteed. You know, I mean – as a franchise, the Browns have always kind of been literally a dumpster fire. So I don't really know how this projects out for the future of the Browns, but it's it's kind of odd, I guess. I mean, of all the players you want to secure, you know, to let you know, as you mentioned, OBJ and uh, David Njoku are considering leaving the team, and Baker Mayfield at the helm. It's kind of just one big question mark, if you ask me, of all the pieces of the puzzle to really solidify, but. Too late to apologize now, I guess. There's there's just a lot to a lot to be had in 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 Cleveland right now, and a lot to kind of play out. So we're just gonna leave it at that for the time being. Uh, switching leagues because uh, it's fast approaching the NBA in the NBA bubble. There's a lot of there's a lot of commotion going on. Obviously, uh, it just came out uh, a couple of days ago that Russell Westbrook uh, has COVID nineteen. He seems to be doing well. Uh, I'm not really sure if he's asymptomatic or not, 
but he fully intends on joining Houston Rockets when he's healthy. Uh, but what do you, what do you guys think right now about all this stuff that's going on right now? At, and in, in terms of like the food and the dynamics of the uh, NBA bubble in Orlando. I mean, I've heard from, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of different things. I mean, I think a lot of players like it. I've heard the Clippers actually are really fond of it. So I think it's just an opinion-based thing. I mean, nothing's wrong with getting dinner every night. That's pretty much in the form of a wedding-type meal. You know, you get a nice little piece of meat. You get some veggies. You get some fruit. You get a nice little dessert that settles your tummy all nice, and then you get ready to play basketball the next morning. So I think these guys love it. I mean, I've heard such things as these guys, are getting DJs these guys are getting top rated chefs these guys are getting the best of the best and I mean come on it's in the magic it's in a magic way let's be honest so I think the courts look great if you've actually seen um, the inside of these buildings they look beautiful they've brought in hard courts from every NBA team and when that team's playing that team's court will be on the floor that team's decorations will be around and I don't know if you guys actually seen the hotels but They've made these NBA players feel like home in their hotels by decorating them with a lot of team things and a lot of things that the players said they would like to see. And what I'm very excited to see is these um, sayings on the back of the players' back. I think it's great that Disney and the NBA came together and thought of the idea that these guys could display such thing as Breonna Taylor's name, rest in peace to her, and other people's names as well that we've lost um, too early, like George Floyd and the rest of them. So I'm very excited the NBA is back. I think they're doing a great job, both the NBA and Disney. I think they came together, and they couldn't have done it better. I, I only bring up the food because there there was a, a couple non very non-flattering photos of those. That meat. chicken didn't look too good. And, yeah, and that, that, that looks like straight prison food. And I have never been to prison, uh, but that was just not not pleasant, to say the least. And, and, and I hear you on the food, but the, the thing I will say is I heard from an NBA source the other day that they were saying on TV that, you know, you got to like chicken. If you like chicken, you're going to like what's involved. Now, I did see the picture Kyle was talking about that did not look good, but I think these men for three months being with each other in a playoff run, they can suck it up. What honestly intrigues me a lot is this tip line we got going here. Um, I, ah, yes. I don't know. I don't know what I think about because part of me loves the tip line, you know, everyone wants to keep each other safe, but at the same time, I don't know, is it going to be kind of a push gun sub little things here and there? Like you got Rashad Holmes the other day on the Kings. He made a bad move. Poor guy just tried to get boot, boot outside the bubble. I shouldn't say that because he knows the rules. He gets caught. In terms of the tip line though, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm very intrigued with all these players having to follow very strict rules after games and before games if it's going to go well or not. And I, I, that's what I'm intrigued about most. And I don't know the answer. Maybe that piece of chicken made our man Rashad Holmes have to get Uber Eats or something. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, there's just a lot to, a lot to kind of unfold. And, and I'm really hoping it, it pans out well for the NBA. Obviously, you, you know, quarantining uh, these guys for three plus months is going to be difficult on them. Obviously their families, families as well. Uh, but, but you know, like at, at a certain point, I mean, you, you look at us, you know, we go to with work, all that's going on in the bubble. And, you know, uh, we're getting a little somebody who made you know, headlines, and I don't really want to call it a headline. But Dwight Howard outside, uh, was apparently you know, reported, golf, you know, and this is to your point, maybe. so Joe. Uh, I think they in, in the bubble kind of going on the that, right path. Uh, he was caught not to, wearing to a mask. You said earlier. I don't really think this is this is too much to kind of make news about. But apparently, he's not really trying to adhere to the the laws of 
um, the bubble for the for the uh, the NBA. So, you guys have any input on this, or is just just trying to like make noise? I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think that it's a little bit of both. I think, like, I don't know. It's this tip line could go a little overboard to me. I I think it's a good thing to have just in case if it gets out of control with players trying to do things, but I'm not really sure. This Dwight Howard thing's interesting and I guess we'll see what comes of it, but no mask. Who knows the borders? It's like these guys are kind of walking on thin ice a little bit. They got to respect their campus, but Things are interesting in the bubble because, as we talked about, Holmes and now Howard, who's going to be the next person to get reported? And and let's be honest, it's something to kind of talk about right now. Uh, we're still not fully there yet with the games and all of that. So we need something to talk about. And I, and I do think we should adhere by the rules. Like you're talking about Dwight Howard. It's not a storyline, but it is a storyline. I'm, I'm not really sure how I feel about it in its totality. But I do think once we get playing games, once we get to the grind into the playoff season, you're not really going to hear much about this. We want to see games. Um, I'm not trying to keep bringing up another guy, but let's be honest. LeBron James, he ain't getting any younger. This guy wants to play. Once we get these games back, these stories are going to drown out. We're just going to get to the dribbling and shooting the ball, and let's see who wins. Yeah, because if you think about it, a lot of a lot of your main stars are starting to report to Orlando. I think James Harden just got there a couple yep. days ago, so so things are kind of really ramping up for these teams. And I know I think LeBron's been there for just a little bit now, so they're they're getting themselves into shape, game ready. You know, getting kind of some solid scrimmages in, probably getting a little physical to uh, to really get back into that. You know that grind of the the NBA season. Uh, but but before we, you know, kind of talk about that, somebody else who uh, kind of made headlines today for not not great reasons, Zion had to leave the bubble. Apparently he has uh, some sort of family issue, and I hope it's uh, nothing nothing too terrible. But um, th- that's pretty huge, I, w- I would say, for, for him. Um, and that's the thing, too, though. The, uh, the Pelicans are not in the greatest spot right now. They're right on the edge there. Um, since Zion returned, I'm not going to try to give you exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure they've been a little bit 500 over 500 in his return. Before that, they were obviously South. They got a good young nucleus there, but Zion was the number one pick for a reason. He was the person, everybody since Jordan in college, almost to LeBron, to Zion. This was the guy to watch. This is who everyone wants to see. Family matter, whatever is going on at home. God bless. I hope all as well as I am but we are going to miss you. And it's just another reason like Alex was showing is top talents dropping in, coming out, Russell Westbrook out for a little bit, Zion out for a little bit. Well, how often will we see these great players? It doesn't get talked about much when it's an okay player, let's be honest, but when these great players have to leave and come back, it's, it's concerning. Well, I, I know Markel Fultz just came to the bubble. He had a deal with the personal issue, and he plays for the Magic, so he just came back to the bubble in Orlando, so hopefully he's okay. And I've seen Eric Bledsoe tested positive for the coronavirus. Luckily, he hasn't joined the Milwaukee Bucks yet in Orlando, but it's going to be a nonstop thing until everyone is in the bubble and isolated. They're going to be at a risk of getting COVID because they're NBA guys doing a lot of traveling and dealing with this matter, so... I hope Zion deals with it like Markel did, and you know maybe he could come back, but maybe not. Just to kind of relate to this, the uh, NHL has like very strict rules about leaving the bubble and whatnot, and 
pretty much they said you're only allowed to leave if it pertains to family emergencies or crisis situations, which I get right now we're not in full effect as far as like the season goes or the tournament goes. But I mean, for the time being, I guess if players need to leave, they can or they should be able to, but you obviously need to take the proper precautions because you'd hate to bring something back and then affect your teammates and all those around you because then the ramifications are that much bigger and the last thing you'd want is for things to get ruined because a couple too many people got sick or whatnot. I think something that's also been weighing on my mind, and I think, uh, Tones, you you brought it up. If, if in the case that – or no, sorry, Joe, you brought it up. What if, uh, you know, one of these stud players – uh, happens to come down with a coronavirus uh, and let's just say has a little bit tougher time is not asymptomatic and kind of goes through, uh, you know, maybe shortness of breath, maybe the whole fever thing. Uh, who's to say that they would be willing to come back? You know, it, it's, it's something to kind of really ponder. And, and obviously that would put their team probably in a bad spot, but if you got to, if you really got to ponder it, I, I would have to say your health comes first. Uh, not, not, not so much winning the championship, right. Or are you guys on the other side of the fence? I mean, we've seen it already where Damian Lillard has already been uncommitted to play and just because of his fears of entering the bubble. That's one of the biggest stars in the NBA right there. So who's to say if one of these guys, like, who's to say Russell Westbrook, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, he does 100% okay. But if he starts go getting worse, who knows, he'll want to come back into the bubble. So, And as Christian said, these guys don't want to come back into the bubble and give people other things as well. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to take a lot of time. And I don't know if a superstar will want to come back if they get COVID. I mean, if I've heard a lot of things that it impacts you long-term with a bunch of things to your body. So who knows if these guys might not even be able to play again, sadly. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen if somebody gets COVID? Nobody knows. And, and what's even crazy. Well, I think we lost uh, brother for a minute there. He seems to have froze Crazier up. about that is, is COVID is a situation that impacts. What's up? Am I good now? But hey, uh, you're good. I think one thing wrong with with COVID too and everything is uh, it just doesn't affect you if you get sick. Look at it. I mean, a guy like I hate to jump sports, but like Mike Trout, like if your wife's pregnant, things of that nature, these family issues they're dealing with, it, there's a lot that plays into it because let's not, let's all not kid ourselves. These guys want to play basketball. These dudes want to be on the court. They do want to play. Being asymptomatic and having it is probably the worst thing for them because they just want to get back out there and play. But as we all talked about safety first and, we all kind of have our own opinions. I think the bubble is the best way to go with the NBA. I think you really can't do a much better than that. You're limiting them to one area. Once you're in, you're in. But nothing is perfect. As we all know from just the world in general, COVID is an unknown thing still in a lot of ways. Let's hope we get through this and get some sports because, God, do we need it, fellas. No, I, I definitely will agree. I mean, th that's just kind of been some of the things that have been going on uh, in the NBA bubble. Hopefully they kind of get it all straightened out. And uh, yes, that we get basketball here in the near future. But to, to wrap it up tonight, boys, we are one week away from the MLB season. Um, there, there's a lot to be excited about. Obviously, we're Chicago guys, and, you know, we got a solid team on the north side, and we got an up-and-coming team on the south side. But just baseball in general, it is here, gentlemen. What are, you, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? You think we're going to get in the full 60 games? Uh, what's going to happen? I'm excited and nervous at the same time. I'm excited because I love baseball, and I cannot wait for this season. I mean, 
Honestly, at this point, a lot of people bicker about 60 games. I could care less. I just want baseball. I'm glad we're getting baseball. I think when the World Series comes around anyways, no one's going to be like, oh, we only played 60 games. No. When the World Series is on, if it does go on, you're going to watch it as any normal World Series. It's going to proceed as planned, and you're going to be just as excited if your team is crowned champion. I cannot wait for baseball. I'm just nervous because – I hope that it goes well. It's kind of a test run for football because these players will be traveling city to city, you know, so I think the NFL could get a good idea if this strategy of trying to play at every city will work. If not, the NFL can adapt its ways. So the MLB is serving good purposes for more than their sport. They're being elaborate for the NFL. And I think uh, the, the Toronto Blue Jays, I don't know if you've guys heard, but their players will be fined $75,000, I believe, or something crazy like that if they're caught, you know, violating rules or something. So I think a lot of teams should start doing that to make sure their players stay in tip-top shape, tip-top health. And I'm excited for baseball, but once again, I'm nervous just that we may not get the full season in. But to me, once you start something, you finish it. You look at the NBA, you look at the NHL, they're at least trying to finish. I don't think the MLB would come back if they don't plan on finishing. And, man, I miss that. Well, they, personally, obviously, the Cubs, which, come on, get your marquee stuff together. At least I'm a direct TV owner, but we got COVID going on. Ricketts, don't be the way you are. Let's get this deals done so we can all watch the freaking Cubs, please, first off. That is just asinine, asset 10, asset 11. It's just a brutal thing you're doing. I'm a Cubs fan. Love what you've done winning the championship, but get over yourself here. Give up a little money. Let the people who watch for years watch. Anyways, on the baseball. I really am nervous and excited at the same time, as Tone said. I think we all kind of are in the same boat there. Um, I wasn't a big game of 60 games at first, but let's be honest, we just need baseball, as Tone said, too. So if we can get back, we can get playing games. Um, we don't want to see a collapse because I think it would just be too late to re regain uh, momentum from that. But let's see what we can do and get out there because, boy, like any other sport, it's mid-July and we've had nothing yet. I mean, I'm sick of replays. I'm sick of anything else on TV. Lifetime movies my life came to at one point. Let's get some sports back, please, especially the MLB. No, hands down. Chris, do you have any any thoughts on the MLB season? I know we've talked about it a bunch here as of late, um, but yeah, perspective? I, mean, I, I know I'm definitely excited, as are the rest of us here. Um, huge point, as you mentioned, Looking forward to the future tones. This is a big test for the NFL. If the MLB can prove that players can travel and effectively play without putting others and themselves and their families at risk, then football should move on without any questions, flags, or flare-ups. But to the question at hand, I mean, baseball, we're long overdue. I mean, what, three or four months now without the sport, and we're going to get a very glimpse a very brief glimpse of what the season could be. I mean, it could stop being said, but at this point, it's just like, man, you'll take whatever you can possibly get because, you know, we should be post-All-Star break at this point right now, you know, where teams start really ramping up their 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 postseason efforts. But with that being said, it's still going to be nice to enjoy. Fans, I could go without – I actually just saw something today that the MLB is going to pump in fan noise from their video game MLB The Show, which is kind of unique. I know other sports like European soccer were pumping fan noise into the stadium. And in my perspective, it wasn't that bad. In fact, it actually kind of made it feel a little bit more uh, 
close to normal as you possibly can because I mean I can't imagine like just seeing like some UFC papers and fans when you can truly hear every punch and punch and breath of the fight going on. It's kind of awkward at times when the fight kind of really slows down. So you just think baseball being even more slow tempo game, having that dead silence in between pitches and at bats could be a little awkward. So I'm a big fan of the fan noise thing, but all in all, I just hope that all things go smoothly and obviously go white Sox. To, to bring this full circle guys. And I know we've talked about it. Um, I, I am definitely excited. Uh, I'm, I'm getting, almost getting a little anxious here, uh, but tones to, to, to back up your point, I think the biggest test will be, and they are the guinea pig of all the major sports coming back here in the States, uh, will be the whole travel concept on how to keep them safe traveling from city to city. And I know uh, it might benefit them that teams are going to play, you know, in your di- interdivision games, essentially. So, you know, obviously NL Central will play, you know, NL Central and AL Central will play AL Central. So that's kind of nice. It just kind of sucks for teams like the, I believe it's uh, the Mariners who have to travel the most amount of miles uh, during this whole, you know, 60 game run. But uh, I'm, like I said, just, just to kind of bring it, you know, to, to, to an end here, I'm really excited. I'm really pumped to kind of see what happens across baseball, across the board, uh, because we definitely need sports back. Um, he seen kind of some preseason games that have uh, been on, on TV as of late. It's only just making me more, more, uh, more antsy. Um, just it's going to be least. real disappointing when the Cubs take those last three games of the year to stop the White Sox from the playoffs, right? Fellas? Oh, 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 oh boy. Oh boy. That's just some fighting <laughs> words. <laughs> uh, hey, hold on. One more thing. We're talking about COVID. We're talking about NBA hotline tips. Well, look at Joe West today. Joe West was umping the baseball game, okay? Joe West comes out. This this guy has a mask on. And then after inning number one, the mask is gone. It's like, dude, like, what's the point of wearing a mask? In the first inning, you big, useless, giant turd. That guy is useless. He's a crab-ass half the game. Get him out of baseball. He doesn't even want to take precautions. But talk about NBA hotlines. You got guys like Joe West who wear a little thing on their mouth for one inning and think they've done the place well. Absolutely. Find him. Do like what they're doing in Toronto. $750,000 or get rid of his salary. Something. Fucking ban his ass like two weeks and that'll teach him a lesson. Big old chicken nugget. And glue that mask to your face, buddy. It's not all about your fucking retired ass. Big old chicken nugget, man. He's useless. (laughs) Gentlemen, any final thoughts? Final thoughts are, I think this is a great conversation. We covered every sport except our beloved NHL. But Cuzzo did give a little NHL bubble shout-out, so I guess we did sneak it in there. We've talked about a lot of great topics, a lot of great insight, and once again, you could catch this on a lot of outlets. I think Row Seven's doing great. They're on the up and up. I'm honored to be here. Thank you again, Alex. It's always fun talking sports with the Ruizes. Always fun talking sports with my brother, even though his takes are awful. Just kidding. Uh, to each their own. But if, all in all, go give Row Seven a follow. You could follow their them closely on Row Seven Podcast and a lot of things. You could catch them on Timeskew as they are a proud member of Timeskew. Together, Row Seven and Timeskew. That's all. Much love, everybody. And for my friends who do watch and listen to this video, because it is audio, it's not video, so I don't know why I said video. But anyways, getting to my point, 
Just unfollow me if you're not going to follow the Run 7 podcast. It is a great podcast. It is informative. He lets a lot of good people on. He is a great guy. I've seen him many a time. So just hit me on the unfollow button if you don't follow this great man right now, please, because this is an amazing podcast with four great people. I appreciate the efforts of all of you. And once again, it's awesome, boys. Love you all. It, it was fun being with Stephen A. Smith, too, this evening. I yeah, didn't thank know you, we thank were you just Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a good one right there. I enjoyed that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just all love. All love. Yeah, this, this will undoubtedly be the year of the underdog and the upset. Any favorites, fan favorites, league-leading teams, star-studded lineups, I think throw it all out the window, start from scratch. Nothing means anything. This might be – might as well just completely randomize every roster and every different organization, every sport, whatnot. Bubble, non-bubble, wherever you are, the year of the underdog, you, have, you heard it here first. With that being said, I want to thank you guys for joining. Uh, there will definitely be another podcast here in the near future where we're all back together again, hopefully talking sports. Uh, you can definitely find Row 7 Podcasts on Twitter at Row 7 Podcasts. You can find me on Instagram at Row 7 Podcasts. Listen to me on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Obviously, thank you to TimeSkew as I am a proud partner. Uh, much love and respect for all the plugs and support. But with that being said, gentlemen, you guys have a good night uh, and we will see you soon.